Hey, welcome to No Cartridge Drive-In. It's Trevor with... Uh, <laughs> Julian. <laughs> Cut that. Uh, <laughs> all right. I think it adds to the appeal. It's you think like... so? Maybe we should keep it in. Welcome to No Cartridge Drive-In. It's Trevor. Um, I am here, as always, for the show with the uh, wonderful Olivia. Hello. How are you, Liv? Hello. I'm doing great. It's it's great to be back at the drive-in. It's you know what? It's good to have you back at the drive-in. We uh, the popcorn is is no more stale. The 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 the, the hits just keep on coming. Um, but it wasn't the same without you. Did you have a drive-in without? Me? No, we didn't. I was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> continue that joke and say I covered like a ton of different stuff, but um, that would be a lie. That would be uh, be a terrible lie. No, I uh, I did not have a drive-in without you. Actually, uh, it wouldn't have been the same. Uh, how what have you been up to? How how have you been? Oh, you know, just just driving in and driving out. Cool. <laughs> uh, oh, of <laughs> the drive was like. Is Liv, does Liv have like a like a, a commute thing that I don't know about? Like, has that been an issue? Has that been up to? Yeah, the drive-in, the drive-in. Mm-hmm. Um, you shouldn't drive out of the drive-in. That's the no, one no, no. Thing. I I drove out last time, and it took me a really long time <laughs> to find my way back. But I'm glad we're here today. So today's film, I'd say, is. Um, I mean, look. Uh, uh, we're not going it's not going to be an issue of on the actual show because you don't have to see anything um but i would say like the 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 topic of this one is a little more extreme than the other ones we covered maybe closer to uh maybe closer to the last one the horror movie we covered um the the horror anime as opposed Mm to as opposed to our first um not a lot left unsaid in this film um outside of maybe some plot points which i'm sure we'll get to but um uh it is called – do you want to say what it's called or should I? <laughs> it's called Guinea Pig 6, Mermaid in the Manhole. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever you're watching it with your date, you can lean over and say, that's the mermaid in the manhole. <laughs> it – um, yeah, it, it, it it's not unclear – uh, who the mermaid is, uh, <laughs> or the manhole, which, or yeah, or the the manhole is prominently shown. You may see a clock and think it's in the opening shots, and you'll think, oh, that's symbolic of the manhole. Fear not, there is an actual manhole. That's right. Um, so the guinea pig movies, for those of you who aren't familiar, we're not going to cover a ton about like the series itself, unless you had a something planned, live. Um, and and maybe you did, and I'll just I was just going to give the briefest overview, but. I know a friend of the show, Sean McTiernan, um, and his co-host on Live at the Death Factory, uh, Astrid Ann Rose, did a um, did an episode on um, one of the one of the Guinea Pig movies. I can't remember, but a, a bunch of other stuff as well, and cover the the series in more detail than we'll do. But um, it's essentially just like a shot on VHS, a shot on video um, series of gore films. Um, uh, the most famous of which I think would be called um, is probably the most famous of which is uh, Flower of Flesh and Blood Guinea Pig mm, Two, mm-hmm. um, which is just um, it's by Hideshi Hino who wrote. Um, let's see, he's a horror writer. He wrote Panorama of Hell, which is a uh, kind of famous, but a bunch of other um, horror manga sort of Goro stuff. Um, but uh, he. Um, Basically, that that movie is just about a guy with a samurai mask uh, or samurai hat on uh, making a woman into like a flower of flesh and bone, just carving her up. Famously, um, Charlie Sheen was supposed to. Do you know this story? Apparently, Charlie Sheen saw it at a party and uh, called the cops. Yeah. So I don't know how much (laughs) of this is actually like true but that is, I, like, I have to believe legend. that it's true because it's funny it does but, feel it feels believable like if it was anyone besides charlie sheen then you'd be yeah like, i wouldn't believe it if it was anyone besides charlie sheen because um look like these movies this is i'm not saying anything particularly original but like they are kind of like disgusting or gory or whatever, but it doesn't feel like you're actually watching like a real snuff film. And we didn't watch flower of flesh and blood. So that might be different, but like mm-hmm. through none of this did I feel like, Oh geez, I'm really watching someone do something. I'm really watching someone. a mermaid in a manhole. <laughs> <laughs> Get, 
guy who's only seen mermaid in a manhole getting real mermaid in a manhole <laughs> vibes off this. Um, but yeah, so mermaid in a manhole is, is Guinea pig six. Um, what's funny is it seems to, it seems to be the fourth one that came out. Um, but it's after, uh, the three most famous ones, devil experiment, uh, which is sort of only famous because it's the first one flower, flesh and blood. He never dies, which is like, I don't know if you've heard about this one, but it, it's basically just like, uh, almost like a comedy movie um, where <laughs> this guy tries to kill himself and discovers he can't possibly die and just keeps, keeps trying to kill himself in more elaborate and ridiculous ways. Yeah. Um, it's groundhog yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. Pretty. Yeah. It's violent groundhog day. How many of these have you seen live? This is the only one I've seen. Okay. Cause I could, you're, you're, you're a, you're a wide ranging uh, movie uh, aficionado. So I could, I could see you having watched more. Um, I, I imagine that I will watch more, but um, from my brief research, it seems like this is maybe the most coherent one, like as as a film. Yeah, that makes sense. I think like uh, he never dies might be the other one because like that has a plot where like a guy finds out he can't die, which is about listen, like that's about as and actually I'm gonna I'm uh, this is gonna sound like I'm I'm making fun of the movie. I I really kind of enjoyed this movie and thinking about it it was super interesting and i'll have a ton to say about it but uh yeah i mean i don't think that mermaid in a manhole and i don't mean this as a negative thing has much more of a coherent plot than that um it definitely than, has a you know, plot it's... there's a plot yeah um there's rising action i guess yeah guy learns that he doesn't die so he keeps trying to kill himself is is kind of less uh less rising action <laughs> Maybe. I mean, this it's the whole the whole plot of this movie. It's only an hour long too. It's like fifty six minutes, but like right. it could be summed up in like five sentences max. Okay, do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so there's a, there's a guy. Um, That's one. No, he goes <laughs> he goes into this manhole where there's um, lost and forgotten things, including um, a baby. And mm -hmm. a mermaid who this guy remembers having seen as a child in like a, a river by his house. Um, the mermaid appears injured. And so he he brings her up into his bathtub to nurse her back to health. Um, she quickly becomes increasingly ill and has these boils all over her body that are exploding with um, what five to seven colors. I don't remember what I, I, I think it was, I think she said five, but then there was like some more came out. Like there was mm. yellow and purple, and then eventually there was white and black. Um, mm. And by the end, I mean there were a ton of colors on her. Yeah, um, she yeah. she she did not lack for color. No, um, no, not at all. And I, I mean, this is a full. This is a fifty-six minute movie. So if you if you don't want to be spoiled for this movie, then I, you know, you no know, spoilers. You no know spoilers. The, <laughs> um. So he he takes care of her in his bathtub, but he, she just keeps getting more and more sick, and eventually, I mean, she asks him to to kill her, and right, and he does. He does it. Um, but turns out, <laughs> <laughs> or does it? Yeah. But turns out maybe, uh, maybe not a mermaid, maybe a mermaid, but also his wife maybe, who had stomach maybe cancer. His, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe just his way of dealing with his wife having stomach cancer. Maybe the, the, the least, um, maybe the least like healthy way of dealing with your wife having stomach cancer of all time. Um, it, it probably should be said. Yeah, no, no, no. This is not like a um, a morality tale. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't. Don't take. Don't take your. Uh, don't take your actions uh, for dealing with your wife's cancer from Mermaid in a Manhole, the uh, <laughs> the guinea pig movie. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, so maybe we should like. Can we kind of um, you know? I'm trying to figure out how to approach this because I don't want to get too like into the ending before we need to get into the ending. But like one of the things about the guinea pig movies for me is um, the idea that, or not the idea, but like the question of whether or not there's like kind of more to them. Right. Like obviously they're, they're gory films and, and this is like a, this is tradition outside of just guinea pig. There's, there's um, there's all sorts of movies that are like, you know, the idea around them is like, oh, you get to watch something like really gross happen. Um, it's fake, but it looks real. Right. Mm -hmm. um, 
the I forget what the ones are called. Uh, there, there's like um, uh, American or British ones as well. There's the there's a, apparently a series of American guinea pig films, including one called um, uh, the Song of Solomon, which I can't imagine is like the um, the Tony Morrison book. Yeah, it's just <laughs> <laughs> this is emotionally extreme horror. <laughs> uh, but uh, oh yeah, okay. So it's a take on the possession genre. I guess that's still could be. I mean, okay. No, I'm reading the plot line now. That's not the book. Um, but the uh, <laughs> I just wanted, I like how no, you quickly became convinced that there's a guinea pig movie based on Toni Morrison. <laughs> so they could happen. You, it, it's certainly. I I'd like to see it. I mean, you could do it with the bluest eye, and actually, mm-hmm. that would be horrible. I wouldn't watch that. That would be too hard. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I I always want to I always wonder like, you know, what's there in these films? Like, what what's sort of beyond the kind of, um, you know, special effects? Um, I don't know. Sort of like it's it's almost like a like a display, right? Like, and I, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's like you could do a, a gory film and say like, yeah, I just did this because like I wanted to show off how good I am at special effects. Like that's like what I like about cinema, right? Mm -hmm. You can imagine that being a thing or like a technical exercise or something. Um, I don't think mermaid in a manhole is just the technical exercise. And I found out, I found it really interesting to think about, you know, the ways in which it's sort of, uh, is also a fairly cohesive film while watching it. Beyond the actual like narrative of the film, and even considering that, I did find the effects of it more affecting uh, than mm. many to all other like body horror kind of films that I've watched. Like there was something about it, even though like a lot of the effects looked like Nickelodeon slime. Like it was, it was unsettling to look at. I don't know what about it, just like truly like triggered something. But it was just, it was not in. Uh, not in. I don't want to say that it's like unwatchable or anything like that. Um, no, it's it, it's actually it, not it so bad. I, I psyched myself out at first. I was worried I wouldn't be able to watch it, but it's watchable. But so sorry, go ahead. Uh, ju- no, just that like it's not like kind of like the Cronenberg kind of like. Mm, <laughs> not that there isn't like a psychosexual element to it, but just like there was something that was more um, like visceral that the pestilence of it like it just was pretty upsetting it's i know it's an extremely upsetting film in that way i think like i think pestilence is the right way to put it like it's it's a i mean it's a film about contagion and like the fact that like but like contagion not in a uh covid or pre-covid sort of like uh bio scare kind of thing it's it's contagion in the sense of like um your own body's kind of contagion contained within itself. Um, and, you know, I mean, that at the end of the movie, they say, like, yeah, it might have been his wife who had cancer. That certainly adds up, right? Like, this is, there is, a, there is an element of cancer to the, the horrible rash. It's like boils that it, it begins spreading all over the mermaid's body. And it's like, okay, that aligns with cancer in a certain way. But, like, even beyond sort of the the terror of being like trapped inside a, a, a sick body, right? Like a, a, a dying body, not just a, a disabled body, which of course is not a horror. That would be like, although some films make it out that way, um, but a body that is like actively dying, right? Like act, mm-hmm. in like the the last stages of a of a terminal disease. Uh, it's, it's a it's a, a, a you know a common enough horror trope uh, to sort of like or allegory anyway. It's not just that. It's also that like it's extremely painful and it's unpredictable. That was like, that was my thing. Like I, when the paint, when he used the, 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 the pus in her pustules as paint, I was, I, that charted for me. I was like, okay, I can sort of see that happening. Then when the worms started going out of it, mm. at that point I was like, okay, this is, this is surprising. I did not see this. I did not see where this was going. It is like, I mean, like, I think you see where it's going in that you don't, I think, anticipate for her to recover from from this. (laughs) Um, I was really disappointed when the mermaid died. It was like, what? Oh, no. (laughs) The mermaid in the, yeah. I thought there was going to be a mermaid in the main hole, too. Mermaid out. (laughs) Mermaid bust loose. Um, Mermaid mermaid in New York. (laughs) It wasn't in the cards. Yeah. but like there, I think there's you know this 
scene in the beginning where he's like first opening the manhole and there's like this beautiful shot of him like pulling away this manhole cover and it looks like to me like a like a solar eclipse or something just like the way Mm. that this like manhole cover like slowly pans across and you can kind of just like see this uh this like spark in him like passing passing through and yeah that's kind of like what is covered in this film is that like he's like you know finds this mermaid in the beginning and is like so excited that he's like oh yeah no 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 i remember you like we we met each other before it it was like cool and then like brings her upstairs and like has this um i mean he's a painter prior to this but has this like artistic um, experience with her that she wants to be painted and have her experience be painted and you see this um, transitional phase being committed to to art and just like yeah. having that scene in the beginning of like what I think is like a pretty striking shot of this manhole cover being pulled back um, as kind of like the pacing for the movie is pretty beautiful yeah and I think like you know the, the the way that the movie uses light and particularly how light is exposed on like video cameras is like it it, it really is quite well done like I, I thought like the exposure of the light from the from the sewer being so bright that it like temporarily seems to sort of like blind the shot or you know when uh, there's a scene later on in the movie I think it's when her it might be when the pustules start breaking out worms um but like the shot before that is just like suffused with green mm-hmm. and it, it it's just, it's a much more sort of oppressive green than you could probably get on. Well, certainly more oppressive than you could get on digital. I would think like th- there's like, there's a muddiness to it that makes it like so much more oppressive. It Everything I will say like, you know, it, it's very easy to say like, Oh, because I'm, I'm thinking about like American versions of this where people were getting like upset about like uh, torture porn or like hostile or something like that. Right. Um, and I remember the, the line then being like, well, you can always like violence is easy. Like it's like, it's, you know, whatever, like, you know, it's, you can always just make something violent and like gross or whatever. And I won't speak to hostile or anything. I haven't seen it in a long time, but like, this is clearly like, they're clearly not just going for gross out stuff. Like everything is like very much chosen. Um, and I I appreciated that and, and like the composition of the shots and sort of like even even sort of like the way that they involved the neighbors and mm-hmm. sort of like made them an evolving sort of pair um, that were interested in the painters like well being um, was really cool like it it added a kind of sociality to it that made the um, like the isolation of the apartment and the mermaid and the painting like that much more horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just that you you get them from the very beginning. It's almost like surprising whenever they show back up. Like you think it's just like this like passing, yeah. you know, like um, reference to the outside world before you're like drug down into the sewer and then into this like painter's apartment, which is like very oppressive and like has like art filling up the entire space that it feels like it should just be this like oppressive environment, this like capsule of disease but then you get you pay him back to this like kind of charming couple (laughs) just like chatting (laughs) i liked them i liked them a lot um i am curious so at the end of the film right um the uh the police say you know like he killed his wife and his wife was in uh they, they basically it's basically like a like a dragnet sort of thing where you get like evidence on the screen and it's it's someone reading the police report where it's like you know conclusions of the investigation um almost as if it was like on a slideshow it's it's Mm. very 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 clinical after what you've seen especially very antiques roadshow it's like yeah that's actually like murder weapon being like (laughs) spun around in a jewel case huh well okay um what you got here is a scale of uh, unknown origin um You'd have to find someone who could appraise it, but I think you could get up to $5,000 at auction for this. Wow. Oh, gee whiz. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, no, you're right. It is, it is kind of antiques roadshowy and like the, you know, the element of, of closure that it's supposed to give you like really doesn't work. Like it, it, it gives you no closure because of course, like you've seen the whole movie with the mermaid, 
you've heard her speak to the the painter you know telling him she wants him to paint him paint her as she dies but of course this is all mentally so it's like well mm-hmm. maybe then but what I what I kept coming back to was this uh, line at the beginning when he's talking about the sewer and he says I, I don't know if you had it I actually ended up downloading a different subtitles file because mm. I couldn't find the the one that you that um, we were using um, a very legal version. <laughs> good luck finding a very legal version. <laughs> just gonna go on Amazon and order the guinea pig movie so let's see what happens. Um, just keep those around. Uh, but yeah, like. Um, yeah, you know, the the subtitle track I had was it was fine. Um, I doubt it was comprehensive, but there was a, a a portion at the beginning of the movie when he's talking about the uh, sewer, and he says, "All the things I lose tend to come back down here. Like mm-hmm. everything I lose in my life comes down here." Um, and the fact that he finds like a fetus at the beginning, or like not even a fetus, like a basically just a baby that is dead, um, and you know it could be a baby doll, but probably not because it has an umbilical cord, um, and the mermaid and all that, you know. It, there's a reading of the movie that the sewer is like completely fanciful or sort of like a, an idealized space for him. Um, do you think that the sewer is a real place? You know, I hadn't considered that it wasn't. Um, <laughs> I, whenever I watch a horror movie, like especially something like this, I'm never like, what is, what is real? What is not? Like, I don't care. Mm. You know, we're told that at the end of this movie, like this mermaid was actually like his, his wife the whole time. But also right. there's a mermaid scale. And to me, like, I don't really it's not really like that important to me what the, what the I, facts I of the and film were. Um, so you're right. The facts <laughs> don't really matter that much. It only like, I, I, I only, I should say, I think they matter in a very specific way. I do not think it matters to like break down the clues of the movie and like, like figure out like, okay, was this guy really killing his wife or was this a mermaid? Yeah. It's definitely real to him. Um, and <laughs> I don't like know. Pro it's... wrestling. <laughs> sure it is it's just like that. <laughs> it's real to him um <laughs> but i think that you do get these like hints that there's like some psychic element to it because the the audio alternates from like whenever he's like communicating with this mermaid like sometimes mm-hmm. he's talking and it's like this very like close breathing audio that's uh, pretty oppressive um versus it's like more like omniscient echoey audio and like yeah. whenever he's like talking with the mermaid frequently like their lips are not moving like they're just communicating psychically um, right right so i didn't I honestly did not consider the the sewer and the manhole were not real. Um, no, I mean, I, and I think that's reasonable. Like, I think like the there, it's like a perfectly reasonable position to be like, I didn't think about it because like it doesn't matter to me. Like, I think I think even within the film, like that's a perfectly reasonable position. Um, it just struck me that like much of this film is about like, I mean, it, you know, thematically it is kind of like this approach towards um, you know representation as a way to sort of like you know, uh, memorialize, but also get past pain and, and like death and everything like that. Like this idea that, you know, the most important thing is to paint me as I die. Sounds like Mm. something like a version of the, uh, the Edgar Allan Poe claim that, uh, you know, a, a, a perfect, a perfect story starts with the death of a beautiful woman. Like it is, it is this version of like horror thinking that, um, is like, you know, literalized in a really interesting way. Um, and I guess, like, ultimately, it doesn't really matter if it's literalized by way of, like, his delusion or, like, an actual mythical moment. Um, I think it, I think it's kind of, like, effective either way. I think it's interesting that this movie, I feel like it's more recent. Like, it, I know it's more recent than it feels like it is for me, that this movie was from 1988, where it has, I feel like, like you're saying, these more, like, classical elements of horror totally um like i was almost like feeling like the king in yellow kind of from this like painter figure and just yeah yeah i can see that uh, that there's something a little bit more classic about it than than you would anticipate from something that you're maybe intending to see as like a exhibition in gore or or whatever Right, yeah, because of course, like, yeah, I was gonna say the 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 flip side to it feeling so kind of classic is that, like, of course, 
classic horror is like kind of expressly not interested in gore. Like the the elements of like a Legati. Well, Legati is kind of not quite right, but like you know the 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 kind of like origins of the King in Yellow or like a a Lovecraft or whatever. Like a lot of this has to do with the gore that is not seen. Like whenever it comes to like something that is really upsetting, it's just like yeah, sorry, I. I tried to look at that, but I went insane. Like you know that mm-hmm. that kind of dodge, and this of course is like interested in not doing any sort of dodge in that way. You're you're supposed to see all the gore, um, but, but yeah, no, still I think a huge element of unknown here because like why right. why are there worms coming out? Like that doesn't necessarily <laughs> make any sense. Yeah, when when he sees the infection, he just says like, "Oh yeah, you'll get stuff like that down here." It's like I guess he's. <laughs> I guess he's right. Like, if you live in a sewer for a really long time without, like, clothes, I'm sure that, like, yeah, you know, especially if you're, like, a fish. Uh, Fish get infections all the time, even in clean water. So, sure, yeah, no, absolutely. But, like, that's not really a great (laughs) – it's not a super compelling answer. Um, And, like, you know, he he comes back with essentially, like, a little powder and he says, this will fix you up. This fixes everything. Um, And, you know, it doesn't. but yeah, no, I I think you're right. Like the the unknown, the unknown there is essentially something that like is, and it goes back, I guess, to what you were saying about like the the idea of a of an explanation or like an uh, some sort of reality that we're not given. Um, you know, the the kind of unknown, the terror in this movie is the fact that like you, you know, despite the police at the end being like, oh, here's what here's what actually happened, everyone. Like, even if you you know you see that as like a uh, an explanation of what actually happened. It really doesn't give you any closure on anything that occurred in the film. Mm-hmm. The, it doesn't, uh, the, the f- emotion that you get from whether this was his wife or the mermaid, I don't think changes. Like it's still yes. this very like painful experience where you're trying very desperately to, save something and you become obsessed with it and you're trying to both commit it to memory but also change the path that it's going on um so i don't yeah yeah yeah. so i i agree like trying to like make it clinical at the end and like that's like maybe the most painful part of the of the film is that it's like tries mm-hmm. to get wrapped up in like 30 seconds at the end and it's just like well where is this guy you know like what happened yeah and i i actually liked that it did that usually i don't like the endings of these of these kinds of films where like you know they especially if they give you an answer or whatever it's usually like not very helpful i thought that the disconnect between the kind of like world we were seeing and the the cold sort of clinic clinical approach that we got from the police was super interesting like it it really clarified like okay something's going on here that i can't speak to in any sort of like rational sense um even more so than of course like the fact that there's a mermaid in this guy's bathtub right like Mm -hmm. obviously there's things that don't make rational sense in this movie but like the fact that the police are just like yeah open and shut case this guy killed his uh pregnant wife who was had like stage four cancer um like it's just it, it, it. You're immediately like I don't, I don't believe that that's what happened here. And the fact that like we're told it's the it's the truth from some sort of like narrator that we've never had in the rest of the film. It feels like it feels like the end of like a uh, reefer madness or something like that, mm-hmm. where like someone's giving you the lesson of the movie and you're just like that's not what I just saw. Like no, that that's not what happened. It's a really like it's a really off putting feeling, which uh, you know absolutely charts with the rest of the film. Yeah, like you're expecting me to believe the police after I just felt all these things. I don't. Yes. I'm not buying it. <laughs> I know what a mermaid is. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, exactly. I I totally agree. Um, I guess the other question I have about this movie um, is how much do you think it it sort of goes into the genre of um, you know, thinking about art as a version of possession, because like. I think there's definitely some of that there. I also think it could be overstated. Um, and I, I kept battling with myself about that. So I'm, I'd be interested in what you'd have to say. Cause you know, painting someone is a way of kind of like owning them in a way, at mm. least like classically. Right. Um, but I'm not so sure that's what's going on here. Um, despite kind of overtures to that. So I'd, I'd be interested in what you thought. Hmm. Um, 
I mean, for this guy, it's it's hard to say because it's like this, I think, does relate back to like the actual realities of whatever the narrative was, because like at the beginning, mm-hmm. this couple's like, you know, he seems like pretty normal considering his wife left him. Right, <laughs> just like right. so it's like what you know like what in that sense has actually happened like to to figure out where this like artist is coming from like i don't know like is yeah did his wife leave him is this actually like his his wife um is he trying what? to retain this the sense of her or this like sense of like uh childhood hope like mysticism i don't know and you know there's a there's a way that like you know the 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 premise of the film right is is so you know immediately engrossing that i you know when when i was watching it when i was initially watching it i was like oh sure like um his wife just left him of course the mermaids in the sewer that's like the lost version of his wife it's not real it's like it's not really her but the sewer's magical mm-hmm. like that's like that's not <laughs> that's not any like clearer as a claim right but like it immediately made sense to me um on the other hand like that's not i don't necessarily know if that's what it was or if it even matters it's just like it ultimately just ends up being this question of like okay what do we make of his actions regardless of who that woman is? Despite the fact that also at the same time, the woman is deeply involved as like a collaborator in this art. Like mm-hmm. she wants it. She's the one who, and again, it, it ultimately you have to wonder, you have to ask yourself like, how much do I, how much do I believe the, the kind of like potential delusion or whatever, but like within that delusion um, or within the reality, she asks him to to take the paint from her source. She says, I have like, six pigments in me and they hurt so much. She even says like pigments essentially, um, at least in the translation I had. And it, it, it is like this moment of like, Oh, like if you paint me, at least something good comes out of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a, a beauty in it and you're, you're ex- I think expected to associate with the painter. Like, I don't think that it's supposed to be whether or not, you know, it is what it is. Like his pain is still there. Like this is either a mermaid that's dying or it's his wife that's dying. So I don't think that we're like supposed to be like, you know, he really shouldn't have done this. And he was just trying to like hold on to something that was like slipping away from him. I mean, that is what is, what is happening either way. So I don't think that you're supposed to um, think too harshly of him. No, I, I, that's a really, really good point. Like, it is it, at no point does he, like, if anyone is privileging the art over the woman, it is the woman, right? Like, he he's constantly sort of like having to be forced into doing that by her, um, at least initially, right? Or he's just like he stops painting because he's like worried about her. He needs a rest or something, and she's like, "I'm dying. You have to like, you absolutely have to paint me in the last second before I die." He's like, fine, I, I guess. Can I help you? And she's like, no, 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 just paint. Um, <laughs> in that way, she's very relatable. Yeah, you know, in that way. She was kind she, of a queen. She's she's poggers to me. Um, no, she's, she. I mean, she's she's like, honestly, the actor who, who plays her is like extraordinarily torturous to watch, not because she's a bad actor, but because like, like you just get to watch her be in a ton of pain and she sells it. Like, Mm -hmm. it seems like pain. It seems like pseudo-sexualized pain, but in no way is it, like, made aesthetic that way. It's it's a very... I think all the performances in the movie are actually quite entertaining and then pretty interesting. What are your experiences with mermaids and horror? You know, not that much. um, I'm aware of the kind of, like, horror elements of um, The Little Mermaid. Not that Mm -hmm. it was a horror story, but that the initial version of it was not... Uh, particularly the Disney version that we got. Um, I guess the the idea of a, um, you know, the idea of like a, a siren, something like that is a little scary. But by and large, like in terms of actual horror, not much. Um, I will say the two things that really surprised me here were that the the embodiment of the mermaid or the, not embodiment, but the sort of like, physicality of the mermaid was never particularly played up as horrifying other than, you know, her, 
her rash, essentially, or the the cancer, the whatever was going on mm-hmm. on her body. Um, the actual sort of like reality of the mermaid herself was never played up as like, oh, you'd like really freak out if you saw a mermaid in real life. Like mm-hmm. that's not at all what's going on. It's just like she, he's just like, wow, a mermaid, and like the even like the the way her tail connects to her body feels like very idealized. Um, but yes. what's what's your experience? Hmm? Did she really need to be a mermaid? I don't know. Um, so I think the only besides like the the Little Mermaid origins is like I've read Mermaid Saga by Rumiko mm-hmm. Takahashi, which is you know like a, a horror manga, which I feel like has similar um, like very like physical elements. So like whereas like sirens, I feel like have more. Um, like more of like a spirituality to them. Whereas mm, like mm-hmm. in, in mermaid saga too, it's like if you eat the flesh of this mermaid, then like maybe you'll be immortal and maybe, or maybe you'll, you'll be turned into a monster. Interesting. Um, so like, I feel like it has that physical element um, in connection with this, with this film. But I think if anything, like the, the mermaid aspect of this, like, like I was saying, like, does she really need to be a mermaid? Like, besides the fact that she was just like down there in the sewer. I mean, like, did she really even need to be a mermaid to be down there in the sewer? Um, no, I, but... I see what you're saying. It's it is an interesting element of like where. So like, this is always where my my thoughts on on like the guinea pig films end up going, which is like, how much of this is is like a necessary thematic thing, and how much of it is kind of just like for the premise. Right. Mm. Like going back to like Flower of But like, you know, uh, to read it, to read the synopsis, like the, the very short synopsis. Right. The plot revolves around a man dressed as a samurai who drugs and abducts a woman, takes her home, dismembers her and adds her body parts to a collection. But the collection is like literally making a flower out of her bones. And it's mm-hmm. like, OK. Yeah, I guess that's like <laughs> there. there's like there's something thematic going on there. How much is it how much is it necessary that like we get that premise and how much is that just like, okay, we need a backdrop for what we're going to do for like the, the effects we're going to do. Like we need to, I want to do a thing where a samurai kills a woman in a weird way. Like, do I need, I need a, I need a pitch basically. I need a hook. Um, but this woman could have been, had a human body and the same right. thing. How much is the, mer- but is the mermaid part a hook? Like, is that like, it's Does a little it bit of a hook, but I think too, without without reading too much into guinea pig sex, mm, mm, um, mm. that the the key part of a mermaid is the the hybridity. So like having, mm. um, you know, this man that has like this split experience between um, this physical relationship with his wife who has cancer, and then this mermaid artistic um expression of that pain um and being and needing both parts of those to um not that he has like a very healthy response to this but um to (laughs) (laughs) to make sense of it at all that do you have to be able to have that split um building on that like i I was and i i'm glad you said that because like Part of me thinks that um, it's just as like just as sort of important to the movie as her being a mermaid is. This is going to sound like really half baked, but I, I think it's true. Is the the existence of the bathtub like I think the bathtub is like as important a like uh, an element of this of this uh, horror as as the mermaid element itself, and like just as a way to sort of like say okay this is where this is where this is all taking place like a a kind of um a kind of mise-en-scene that that is like troubling and and uh and off-putting um or even like a trigger right like like a, a stage of sorts um i think the bathtub is just as important as the mermaid it's a very romantic bathtub oh yeah that you don't imagine would be typical for a house like this i don't think well, you see the you see the um, the the delivery man bringing it up. He buys it particularly for the mermaid. Mm, mm-hmm. This makes so in that way he like he changes his entire space for her. Yeah, which I I think is interesting. It is. Um, yeah. Who who is the mermaid without the bathtub? I mean, she's a woman. <laughs> you know, like, 
but then again, who's the who's the who's the uh, you know who's the um, if, if his wife's an invalid, like you know, classically speaking, in like you know Victorian stories or whatever, if we're talking about like things that seem a little um, old fashioned as far as this go, like it, it, the the old fashioned in terms of the the way it's told, like without a bed, you know, it almost feels like they're not an invalid, like every invalid in in fiction forever is like, oh, they're in their bed, like you'll find them there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the mermaid is is in her tub as opposed to the bed. And you sort of can see the wife analog there as well. Yeah. You do kind of want to know <laughs> what the reality of things are, I think, at the end. But like, I, not in I a way... I want to know the baby. The baby threw me off. Mm. But the baby, the fact that he finds the baby before he finds the mermaid, like surely the the baby has already died prior. But there's to... the there's the mermaid. He, there's the baby he pulls out of the mermaid when she's dead. Yeah, but it, surely it's a symbolic baby the first time and a <laughs> and a real baby. <laughs> Wait. <so. laughs> now, now, hang on. Surely, to believe. He, surely the first time he sees the baby in the sewer, that it's a understanding and a recognition that this baby has died. And the first time is his his emotional recognition that his baby has died. And the second time, it's actually the visualization of, of the dead baby. Okay. Okay. You're not buying it. No, I buy it. I, I see what you you're saying. You think there's yeah. two babies. I did think there was two babies. I, which, let me be honest, your version makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was the first baby to you? You know, there's just well, a loose baby. It was, a dead, it was baby. a dead baby. Yeah. Well, again, I was approaching this like it was. Um, I was approaching it like it was the, um, like it was a, um, like just a horror movie, meaning to like shock me, right? Like you thought it was the Death Stranding baby. No, I didn't think it was the Death Stranding baby. But you I thought, said that. I didn't say the Death. <laughs> I, no, you said that. <laughs> don't, don't dare put words in my mouth. No, it's the. It's like the. Um, I thought it was just like you know. You know what I thought it was? I thought it was the Serbian film baby. Like in 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 a Serbian film, there's a famous scene where like essentially the killer kills a woman and then like removes the fetus basically and like it's it's very shocking man that sounds epic i'm so glad i've seen i haven't seen that movie yeah no don't go see that no no we shouldn't do we shouldn't do that one um but uh you know not not a lot to yeah not as brutalism in in its weirdest sense as far as i can tell but um the you know like that baby is just there to make you upset, right? In in, mm-hmm. in a Serbian film, I thought the baby in the sewer was just there to make me upset. I didn't think it was there was anything else going on because when I was going into it at that point, I was like, okay, guinea pig films, mm. you know, they're 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 there to make me sort of like grossed out, almost like a trauma approach to things. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, dead baby, of course, like throw one of those down there, and of course he's going to paint it, right? But you know, that initial feeling was obviously not what I left the the film with but it was also like i didn't come back and reassess it so now that you're saying it yeah i think i think there being two different babies that look exactly the same is probably um well i'm gonna say unlikely i'm not gonna i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna throw myself under the bus and say it's impossible because yeah. i you know i think i think anything can happen but uh, right. probably unlikely yeah probably not the case yeah i think uh, it was a yeah. baby of mm-hmm. sadness yeah, I think it was a baby of sadness initially, and then, and then a baby of uh, of, of of being a dead baby. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it is like so. Like, here's here's a question for you. Like, how much how much is this film to you a an effective kind of like discussion of loss and things like that? And how much is it is it sort of like a schlock film? Like, does it mm. does it get to the point where it it is talking about loss and representation and stuff like that. Or is that just stuff that say, I'll I'll even, I'll even just say it's me like that. I am, I myself for the convert for this conversation, am including to, to make it seem like, you know, more highbrow than it, than it is like, that's not my intent, but like, maybe that's what I'm doing. No, I think that this is a, a good effective film on grief. And like, I think a lot of it has to do with that. It never overstays its welcome with anything. And it honestly like doesn't like there's, you know, 
uh, significant affecting physical effects of mm-hmm. of gore and disease, um, but none of them are ever like. I mean, they're significant, but I don't think they're gratuitous. And and that like this is like mm. a you know with a fifty six minute runtime, like it goes through a progression of things pretty quickly, and especially like the scene at the end where he's just like on this like repeat of just like chopping Ugh. he's not chopping anything it's just like the uh, yeah just the viscera very very upsetting um yeah. image of of grief and like the true emptiness that you you feel it's true yeah i i, I agree and i think that's that's a really interesting way of thinking about the gore in it too or like the fact that it doesn't overstay its welcome it's a super interesting and you know useful way of thinking about it because like the the you know the the element of of gore that always you know I, I would say like I find unconvincing let's say is when it's like a long long shot on like okay we're gonna we're gonna like we're gonna stare at this girl's like severed hand for a while and really think about like how bad it is that her hand's getting severed um, whereas in this it's like yeah okay like he's cutting he's cutting her up at the end but the thing that stays much more you know in my mind uh despite you know the fact that yes of course like they do show her hand getting cut off and stuff is her his like his horror at having to do it right mm-hmm. like the fact that she's like you have to kill me now um and he's just like he's gutted like it's it's a horrible horrible thing to hear for him um that is much more dwelt upon than um uh any sort of gore i think to what what makes it affecting is that there's like these like point of view shots at the end that are like the, the police or whoever coming upon this scene. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it separates out you from the people finding this in the, in the film, like in the reality of the film. And so it's like, Oh, you were truly bearing witness to this. And like now these people in the film are like finding this, but you were bearing witness to this, this pain from a, from a different perspective, not as a crime scene, but as like an emotional uh, experience. That's a really good point. Yeah. I haven't, I didn't even think about when I was watching it, how the film um, kind of plays with point of view that way, but it absolutely does. Like you're given access in ways that no one else in the film is. Um, And in fact, even in seeing the neighbors, you're given access to their lives, which is, the access you're given is them wishing they had access to the painter's life in the way you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not winking. It's not like, um, it, you know, like the, 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 I enjoyed the first few seasons of the show. I won't, I won't, I won't say like, I'm trying to like be rude to it or anything, but it was something it leaned on a lot. It's a little like Dexter where like, they'll be like, boy, I wonder what that guy does at home. And then they'll, you know, smash cut to him murdering someone. And it'll be like, yeah, I know he's, he's a killer. Like <laughs> everyone thinks he like, He's weird, but he he's killing people. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't do that. It's really like, I wonder what he's doing. Like, I wonder if he's okay. And then, but you know, you know, you know very well that he is not at all okay. And, like, things are not good. Um, but only you have that access as well as the painter. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's, you're absolutely right. That's like, that's a, that's a really, really good point. I think this is what we need to be recommending to people to watch um, about grief instead of the Babadook. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, this is this is much more. Um, look, the Babadook is is a, is a fine film, but it is is it does it have a mermaid and does it have a manhole and does it have a fifty six um, minute runtime? Uh, no, it's much longer than that. <laughs> I also think, <laughs> I I also I just like I actually have to say like, you know the I didn't think I would have said this like, um, it is honestly like a. a well done film all around. Like mm. the acting is good. The direction is good. I think like the writing is brief and to the point. Um, yeah. Are you not going to want to watch it? If you're like triggered by like gore or pestilence or, or anything like that, if you don't like, if you don't like the idea of a pimple popping and a worm coming out of it to the point that that makes you upset, I wouldn't watch it. Um, but like, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's great. Otherwise, like I think it's a legitimately well done film, um, which I have to say was the last thing I was expecting from a guinea pig film. Yeah, I I mean this is my this is this your first one as well, or you watched? Yes, yeah, this is my first one. Uh, I think like 
I I was aware of them. I'd read about them, but um, yeah, I, I I I've never seen any. So I think only one other was maybe directed by Hideshi Hino, who I think maybe wrote the first one too. Um, directed the first one. I think he wrote for some of the others maybe, but like only yeah. directed this one in the first one. Um, and he like created them as like a vehicle for his manga. Have you checked out his manga at all? Uh, I only know. So the only one I know, so he didn't write a uh, devil's experiment, uh, which is actually uh, just as a, as a brief aside, really sort of interesting in terms of um, like what you see in creepypastas where people are like, I found this VHS and it was really scary. And like, you know, here's what was on it. Um, literally it's just that. And it's like, it, it it's, it's filmed as like a, this really happened kind of thing, as opposed to mermaid in a manhole where it is clearly not something that really happened. Mm. But um, uh, that was a Satoru Oguro uh, did devil's experiment. Uh, but Hino directed and wrote um, uh, Flower of Flesh and Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, all I know from him, uh, all I know from his, uh, yeah, it doesn't look like he did, he did any more. It was just that in Mermaid, uh, Mermaid in a Manhole. Um, but uh, yeah, all I know about his manga is, um, I'm going to look at it again. I just know Panorama of Hell. I don't know anything else. It's like very interesting looking, like more, um, more cutesy than I'd not cutesy, but like the just the figures are more cute than you would oh. anticipate being um, from from what you see in the <laughs> in the film. But I'm like interested in in looking looking at more. I actually, I'm, I'm I'm looking at Panorama of Hell now, and I definitely read about this, but didn't read enough into it, like. The image on it is like, yeah, it's it it does look cutesy in the way that like you see older on older anime looking like, and it's not. It's almost like if you did like a gory version of um like um Mazinger Z or something like that, like where like or like or like um Robo Boy or not Robo Boy um Astro Boy um something mm-hmm. like that. But, like, as you say, like, so this is a 1984 one-shot horror comic, um, and it is, an artist describes his work consisting of hellish views he paints using his own blood, which, like, again, dealing with some of the same issues, right? Like, the idea of using the self as a as a kind of, um, you know, medium and uh, canvas, like, that's that's really interesting that he was, like, he was interested in both of those things while he was also doing uh you know his his anime too mm-hmm. but yeah I, i'm definitely interested in in reading it now i think that i'm lacking in my horror manga knowledge well you know what i will um let's 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 just uh let's go ahead and find some some extremely legal uh horror manga to read right um yeah very legal uh <laughs> Very legal. Very cool. I do. Uh, I do love too that this was shot on video. I think um, we need to be watching way more shot on video films. <laughs> yeah. Again, like I have to. I have to. Like I have to give a thumbs up to to Live at the Death Factory because they do a ton of shot on video stuff. And like honestly, all I had been all I experienced with shot on video before was, oh, it's like you know, it's like those ridiculous movies i found at blockbuster like okay fine like ooh, yeah like oh you know like terror tunes or whatever but like it's a super interesting genre like, mm-hmm. there's a ton going on um i i had no idea i um, think what you were saying earlier about just like the quality of the lighting was really interesting that it's like almost like this like the color of this green like just reminds me of like the reanimator like that's the only thing mm-hmm. that i can think of it's just like this like radioactive totally. green that just yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And it's not what you would expect from, um, yeah, like whenever you're like, maybe whenever what you associate with gore, like hyper gore kind of stuff is like a Serbian film or something like that. Um, it's definitely not that. It's definitely stylized. and. Um... Yeah, I think if you like, if you read a synopsis of this film, you'd probably get a much different understanding of what it is. Um. Like, if you were just like, yeah, and then, like, there are boils, and he uses the boils to paint a painting, and it'd be like, 
because when I was look, thinking about it, I was like, yeah, this is going to be like a movie about this poor mermaid being like held captive or like a kind of like control fantasy or, or whatever, which a lot of these are like a lot of the, the, the sort of like gore movies are control fantasies um, in some way or another. But like it isn't that at all. It's like way more complicated. Um, and I think you're right. Like the video really adds to it because like not even just the lighting, but like the the level at which it almost feels like something. You know, unlike unlike the first one, it's not trying to be, you know, uh, uh, fabbed off as like a a real thing, right? But like, it still feels very personal because like, you know, we've had things shot of ourselves on video, right? Like, uh, certainly, like in people our age, like we've seen images of ourselves on like that kind of video camera, maybe not mm-hmm. that quality, but that kind of like film and so it feels much more personal than seeing it in a film which feels like very sort of alien or or a part i think there is like a reading of this too that's still like you know that even though the mermaid is like asking him to do this thing it's like okay we're seeing now that like maybe he has the (laughs) the the director has like at least like two or three instances of him being like uh, the artist is so giving of himself and and then like having created this this uh, female characters that, that's like no you have to use my body too in order to create <laughs> like I mean like you know there is that element at play um, yeah totally but no I think you're right I think like the, the idea of who is consenting or controlling of whom in this movie is um, very much uh I don't know, blurred, I yeah. guess is the word for within, it. Within the narrative of the film, the the mermaid's definitely uh, consenting, but it's like, why is this the story that keeps um, recreating itself? But overall, yeah. a very um, a very impactful Yeah, I mean, I absolutely grief. gave me a ton to think about, uh, way more than I thought. I thought I was just going to be like kind of grossed out and upset and we'd talk about like gory stuff, but like... I mean, it's, I feel like we did glaze over that last scene a little bit uh, where he's like actually like just like chopping up a human body. But but it's, it is fast, though, isn't it? Like like you see the scene of him cutting off the hand, but it's like it's nowhere near as realistic as anything else that happened in the, mm. in the movie. Right. Like it just looks like it's like it looks like fondant or something like someone made a cake. And it's like, well, it's a hand cake. Like it really didn't it didn't impact me the way the other gore did. It was like. The the scene that impacted me was when he was chopping the like the bloody mess. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Whenever there's like literally nothing there that that was scary. That was like that's upsetting. Upsetting. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think I don't think the the actual sort of dismemberment was upsetting. Like, no, I, I mean, you know, upsetting in a certain sense, but like really his inability to do it at first and then the chopping were upsetting. Anything else was sort of pro forma. Yeah. No, I I, I feel like the the one shot in this that i can't unsee it's just like the emptiness in the guy's face chopping at nothing like that's oh god yeah that was terrifying but anyway a great movie yeah i really liked it (laughs) a lot no no i I seriously did i was i was uh honestly very pleasantly surprised so uh thank you Liv, for suggesting it and uh we'll have to do this again very very soon um you doing anything interesting these days people can find you places uh Sure. You can find me, I guess, on, on Twitter at AV Club. Um, if you care about books, you can find me on YouTube at AV Reads. Um, you better. Otherwise, I'll just be driving in and driving out. Driving in and driving out. I'm going to have map quest next time. Yeah, just don't get lost this time. We were worried about you. We kept sending, uh, sending you know, <laughs> bolos out on you. Be on the lookout for Olivia. Police would say, like, I'm pretty sure she's fine. Like, no, she hasn't driven in in a long time. Please take this seriously. <laughs> yeah, drop a pen. <laughs> Liv, please drop a pen. Drop a pen, Liv. What about you, Trevor? Are you doing anything interesting anywhere oh, that people can find you? <laughs> I guess, yeah. I um, uh, So there's this podcast, but if you're listening to this, you already know that. Um, I'm at Hagelbon on Twitter, and... Um, uh, the book I wrote a book called Story Mode that uh, I think people have enjoyed, yeah. uh, and and it is back in stock in places, so you can go buy it. Um, We've all read so, it. 
Like, yeah, if you've read it already, why not go ahead and buy it again? Uh, <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, but no, yeah, I, um, I'm excited about that. I'm proud of that. So uh, yeah, it would mean a lot if you want to go ahead and, and read that too. Uh, but yeah, you know, just here on this feed. And then I guess there's the Patreon once I figure out what goes on there. And uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Wig. <laughs> Wig. All right. I'll talk to you soon, love. All right. Bye.